0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 108, Judy's Change Story. From suicidal fantasies to peace of mind. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. I'm so excited for you to hear from Judy today. So, Judy, as you'll hear, uh, came across this new paradigm one day when she had been Googling how to commit suicide and have it look like an accident. So, she uh, it was going through a really hard time in her life for quite a while. Um, and her mind would just fantasize about suicide. She would google it she would plan it she would think about it in those days from that state of mind it it just looked like the only way to get closer to home now she might not have seen it that way at that time but that's how she describes it now is it's like she was so far from home and her mind was trying everything it could see to try which was quite limited because she had so much on her mind to help her feel better. And so these fantasies about suicide would come up frequently and and although they did kind of give her a bit of a a hope in a strange way like there's a way out, you know, there is an end to this in sight, it was it was an option for that. They also scared her understandably, obviously, right? So she she was upset that she had these thoughts and the whole thing looked very very serious and very dire. And um, after she Googled that, she she came across some things that randomly, kind of randomly in air quotes, kind of came up on her YouTube feed and it led her to some conversations about this understanding. So Judy's going to tell the story in our conversation. She tells it way better than I can, but I absolutely love how she shares the progression that She has gone through in terms of how these thoughts look to her from serious and meaningful to them looking like just the way her mind has a temper tantrum, which is kind of somewhere in between. Not so serious, not so meaningful, but something like, oh, when my mind has a temper tantrum, when my mind's really upset, it talks about suicide. To now, these thoughts looking like, wow, isn't it amazing how much my mind had my back and was trying to help me in a horrible way, which thank God she never acted on. But but that's what's behind it all. And she sees that now, which I absolutely love. So Judy and I actually talked about almost three years ago for, um, I used to do this thing called the Freedom Series before the Little School of Big Change opened. And she was one of my interviews on the Freedom Series. And it, that was amazing. That was so good. We talked about a similar, this this issue basically um, from what she saw a couple years ago. And what's been so fun for me in recording this new episode with Judy is how much has continued to lighten up and change for her just since then. So she actually reached out to me and said, I know we've had this conversation before, but since we've talked, like things just look and feel even more different and even lighter and better. And oh my gosh, like you won't get to see Judy's face on the podcast, but it's obvious. It's obvious. She looked like a different person to me. I mean, she's so joyful and you can hear it in her voice. There's just a joy and a lightness in there that that has grown over the last couple of years and makes it kind of hard to believe that she felt as horrible as she did not all that long ago. So such a great... Story so much hope. I just love what she's seen. So enjoy this conversation with Judy. Hi, Judy. Thanks so much for coming on Changeable. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk. We spoke. Um, we were just saying it's been a while a few two to three years ago. Um, for I used to do this thing called the Freedom Series, and we spoke a little bit at that point. And I loved hearing from you recently and it, gosh, I mean, it has just been a while and and knowing that your freedom has like continued to grow <laughs> since then even.
1: It sure has. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so funny because I look back on that time and, and the difference even that I was so nervous before that talk last time. Mm-hmm. I'd been up half the night because I just couldn't sleep. and And today it, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life at the moment, but it's like, oh, well, it'll be what, what it will be, and yeah. the freedom around that is
0: just amazing. that's great, that's great so um yeah, so tell us a little bit about kind of uh you've been around this conversation for quite a while i know um how How long has it been? do you know? It was February two thousand and sixteen
1: okay yeah and and I just just to have a really brief recap. I stumbled across the principles the day after I'd been Googling at 3am. Well, actually the same day (laughs) I'd been Googling at 3am how to commit suicide. So no one would know what happened. And I mean, I was just at rock bottom. I absolutely believed my family would be better off without me. And, and it seemed like the only way I could stop my pain. And uh, yeah, at the time, I thought I had a whole stack of reasons for being in the state that I was. And within the previous year, my mum had died of cancer, my dad now had cancer, and my daughter had a head injury, and then some people stabbed me in the back, and I just couldn't get past it. I was all I thought about for literally weeks was, I just want to die to the point where, you know, I'm googling at three am. How can I do it so no one knows? Because I didn't want my family to ever think she didn't love me enough to stick around. And the next day, I was making myself work in the garden because, and I see now that that was my wisdom. As as hard as it was to get started, it was usually equally as hard to stop because I just want to do a bit more because I'd be starting to feel better. And it was my habit to listen to stuff as I worked, and whatever I'd selected finished and YouTube selected Michael Neal for me. And he was talking about this thing called the three principles. And I thought I knew a lot. I tried everything for my depression and anxiety and and I'd never heard of that. So and I was really angry actually at the time because it sounded like some sort of advertising and I was quite skeptical. <laughs> but I went away and and researched it afterwards and what's this thing I've never heard of and and it changed my life so dramatically I I mean I'd been in a state since Melissa's head injury where I'd lost about 12kg the weight had literally just fallen off because my anxiety was just so bad and then I, I see now it's just starting to get better and then this other thing happened and and that seemed to tip me over the edge again and yeah you know, I just I'm so grateful my life is so different now to what it was
0: yeah you can and I've come
1: it. a long way it's really funny actually because my anxiety improved really really quickly and it it was often I and it had been 24 7 7 days a week like 7 out of 10, I just felt sick all the time, like having really bad car sickness continuously. But it kind of just fell away almost overnight. And, and if I'd start to get anxious, I would be like, oh, I must have some anxious thinking going on. <laughs> and I'd just carry on with my life. But the suicidal thinking, that, that was tougher. Like those thoughts seemed more important. And if anyone would say, well, it's just another thought, well, it, it didn't feel like it. I did quickly learn that it wasn't helpful to, you know, argue with the thoughts or, you know, just ignore them as best I could and, and kind of wait to feel better. Um, but they still bothered me. And it bothered me that I think it was for about a year after I'd been Googling at 3 a.m., I kept getting ideas come up in my head. <laughs> you could do this or you could do that. And and sometimes I felt like I was being tortured by my thinking. Um and the really and the reason I contacted you was because I'd seen something really fresh about that at the time. And and interestingly, since I've seen that, I don't think I've had another suicidal thought. And and what I saw was that that was kind of my way to it, it was Judy's way of almost like having a tantrum. <laughs> yeah, if if Judy if things weren't going how Judy wanted, the suicidal thoughts would come. And you yeah, know, I sort of saw it as Judy's little temper tantrum or and it I think it also gave me an illusion of having control because that was my way out. And I I would go off into fantasy land and imagine that I would do it. I could imagine, yeah, I even would imagine my funeral and I'd imagine, you know, railing at the people that weren't standing by me in life as I thought, but, you know, they'd be sad when I died. And I'd be, imagine shouting at them, well, where were you? (laughs) You Um, And that's the thing about suicidal thoughts people people tend to be really scared by them like when i confessed to a friend about it she she was like oh you've got to go back to the doctor you need to get back on medication and i didn't want that and after that she she literally just disappeared out of my life and that was really hard like in new zealand there's a big focus on suicide and there's advertising com- campaigns that say you reach out to people. But the thing is the people being reached out to don't know what to do. Yeah. Except go back to the doctor. Right.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I love um, that it, you're so right. I mean, of course it catches our attention and we're afraid of it on some level. And it's designed to catch our attention, these big, dramatic, really scary thoughts. Like it's a good thing that they get our attention in a sense. But how did you come to see it as as if you can answer that question? You probably can. But even, you know, it's just amazing though that you came to see it as, oh, that's just my mind having a temper tantrum, you know? And And I really love, really love the piece in there where you recognize that that's your mind strategizing to help you. It's like when life gets really, really hard, your mind says, hey, I know I can help you. And and it's, you know, it's suicide, but it's like, look at the helpfulness, the, you know, look at the wisdom in that. Truly, it's a mind just trying to help you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because as you were asking, I'm like, well, all of my good insights come when I'm mucking out the horses.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's where I was that day. You know, the mind gets quiet. The the task is you don't have to think about it a lot. And And it's not that I was analyzing to find, you know, it, it just occurred to me, as, as all insights do, you know, yeah. that I guess it's a combination of all sorts of different things that you um, – your mind just sort of wanders. And that's what it came up with. And I mean, I hadn't been bothered by my suicide thoughts before that. I'd seen the the really random nature of them. Um, one day I was driving out to feed the horses and my, my birthday was coming up in a few weeks. And I suddenly had the thought, I know your birthday present to yourself could be to commit suicide. And at the time it was like, whoa, where did that come from? I yeah. didn't even know yeah. I was in a bad mood, <laughs> in a low mood. You know, It just appeared and 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 I was joking about it afterwards with someone and he's like, wow, you're really creative, aren't you? And so from that point on, I saw my suicidal thinking in a completely different way. It didn't bother me as much and I certainly knew don't argue with it because that's just adding more thinking to thinking. Yeah. It's only going to take you in the wrong direction, not, you know, it's only going to make things worse. But but I still, I kind of didn't like that I would have them. Um, and as they say, what you resist persists. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it, and, it, and it sometimes would annoy me when other people would be a little bit dismissive of, you know, it's just another thought. And it seemed way more important than that. Mm-hmm.
0: Although, of course, it is just another thought. Yeah, it's just um, it is just so helpful, I think, for people to hear you say how you know our mind's always trying to help us out of suffering, and all, and and that's like to see it in that way with that level of simplicity. Like, it you know, again, doesn't mean it isn't scary at times, and all of that, and that sometimes it's not a thing to take really seriously, or you know, to to look at it's ultimately, it makes so much sense that you, your mind just kind of saw that as a way out of suffering in, in many ways. And that it's no different than someone whose mind says, oh, like mine did for years. Oh, you can just go eat like all the ice cream in the house. That'll fix it. Of course, it's not going to fix anything. It's not as final as suicide, but you know, but it's the same process or, oh, you can just go have an affair or you can just go, you know, drink until you fall asleep or whatever people's minds tell them. It's always that way to just help us get closer to home. And it sounds crazy in a sense, but we know that that's the truth of this. Like this suicide thought was just your mind. And I think it is all the time for everyone. It's just our mind trying to strategize of like, wow, how can you feel closer to home? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And without understanding, it's scary. Yeah. But when you understand that that's what's going on, it becomes what Bill Pettit talks about the yeah the rumble strips on the side of the road yeah yeah as uh, yeah for those couple of years before this freedom it was kind of oh wow you you're thinking must be pretty stirred up if you're having these kind of thoughts and you can't unknow that you you just can't and of course it comes with massive feelings (laughs) so you it's Yeah, Bill talks about it being you know, a, a gift and it is because it's, it's life-saving.
0: Was it a long process for you to kind of see it that way? Or do you know yeah. what I mean? Like for, to make that switch between it being a rumble strip, like an indication that you're really caught up versus it looking like, no, I, I think about That's- suicide because my life is horrible. How did how did that switch happen?
1: No, I I think that was really quick. Like, yeah, it's, I think I just needed to be told. Like, yeah. intellectually, that was helpful. I didn't have to see that insightfully. If that makes sense. And yeah. and and when I saw it as as the creative nature of my mind as well, you know, um, it it actually became. Almost a bit funny sometimes because I, I would be like, Oh, you're, you're giving me this, yeah, but I saw you giving it to me <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get caught up by this, you know. Um, whereas in the, you know, before the principles, it just was really scary. And I would, I would get caught up in, well, should I, shouldn't I? And of course, that would just make it. Ten times worse, if not yeah, hundreds of times worse. <laughs> it would just take me further and further down, and and it would last way, way longer.
0: There's something so big in this around how all thoughts thoughts are essentially the same. You know, you kind of said that, like like of course, like it doesn't feel like another thought, but of course it is because what else can it be? Yeah. And I
1: think what's actually new and fresh for me at the moment is that, yeah, of course I've known that we only ever experience from the inside out. So so outside stuff has no capacity to make us feel a particular way. You know, if, if it did, then when something happened, everyone would feel the same way, and that's clearly not the case. But I kind of was still buying into the idea that if there was a lot of different outside stuff, then that was a bit different. You know, it would kind of stack up on top of each other that each thing on its own was kind of neutral until you added thought to it. But, and, um, I was actually talking with Bill Pettit recently and he kind of, at the time I felt not so gently pointed out to me that it wasn't an exception. <laughs> you know, So what if I had a lot of things going on? Was that any different to, you know, a little? And at the time I felt some resistance, but then afterwards I was again mucking out and it occurred to me that for a long time I'd been comfortable being uncomfortable, knowing that the more comfortable I was, no matter how uncomfortable I was, the quicker it would pass. But what I actually saw was that maybe I was too okay about not being okay because I was kind of just waiting for it to pass. But actually maybe I've got a lot more agency around that. And all I have to do is remember that, you know, my true nature is underneath this thinking and look in that direction. And I don't have to be a... Um, just sit and wait. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I haven't yeah. been letting it stop me. I would just carry on with my life or whatever. But, but I think what I'm seeing new is my capacity to actually settle myself down mm. consciously mm. as opposed to just waiting for it to happen, waiting for the thought storm to pass. Um,
0: and I, I guess I'm excited to see more about that. There's something yes i I hear what you're pointing toward. I mean, there's something in um waiting, like waiting for it to pass, which I think sometimes is us in our heads we We add ideas and concepts to that, right like like the i the the knowing that thought passes, of course it does. But that never meant you need to sit around and just wait for it to pass. That's something your mind adds to it. And I think lots of minds add that to it. Do you know what I mean? Now you're sort of saying, oh, yeah, it will pass. And hey, I, maybe there are things I can see or do in the meantime. Does that sound like yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, I always had, I never lost sight of the, the hope that I could have a fresh thought in any moment and feel completely different. Mm-hmm. Even when I would be caught up and feeling really bad, I, I still would have that because you kind of can't unforget that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't make sense, I think. You can't forget that. Yeah. But it, I just feel like actually we do it all the time. You know, if, I, if I'm in conversation with you, if I suddenly have the thought, I forgot to buy the milk, I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm just going to, you know, I don't want you. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, And we, we focus on what we're focused on. And, and I think when we get stuck, it's, it's usually because we're, we're stuck on really unhelpful questions often. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, and I think that's something, as I've been talking with Anne Koulis recently, and she's all about asking yourself powerful questions. And and I've been actually playing with that a little bit in terms of I I can see my tendency to see all the negative stuff. So so I'm kind of saying to myself, I wonder how Judy's gonna notice herself having fun today. <laughs> <laughs> and just just throwing it out there and seeing what occurs to me. Like oh, I love that. And and it it's just fun playing. It's, yeah. You know, it, it's and you might think, oh, well, that's a bit techniquey or whatever. But, but it's actually kind of fun coming up with the questions and throwing and throwing it out there and just seeing what what comes back.
0: Oh, I what love that. Yes, I love it because it isn't it isn't you know needing anything from it. It sounds the way you talk about it right now is it just sounds like you're just in this creative dance with. Mind, you know, and you're open to hey, what shows up, and let's play with that.
1: Well, I've seen the power of it the opposite way. You know, when I was googling how to commit suicide,
0: yeah,
1: and yeah, you know, for the following year or even longer, I was getting all these ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not ask a way more powerful question? You know, a different, way more powerful questions, and and then see what comes like that that's a nice direction to be looking
0: in exactly Thanks. i love yes because that's what happens right wherever we wherever we're sort of looking we get so much it's like we said, our the people use the antenna metaphor a lot right like your antenna is kind of up your antenna was up for how can i commit suicide and have it look like an accident and and so you just get stuff you get stuff is attracted to that, and your antenna picks it up. And you're right. I mean, to be able to put something out and see what happens on the other end. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. 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 So there's something so big and, um, you know, as you know, often when we're really struggling, especially with something like intrusive thoughts or anxiety, it really looks like um, they have to stop in order for us to be okay. And I really hear in what you're saying, how for you? It was having a different relationship. It wasn't. It wasn't that your mind instantly fell quiet or those thoughts never came around anymore. It was that you saw them differently. Um, can you say a little bit more about that? Like how it's been to even have those thoughts, but seeing what you see about them.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I love. I think it's Linda Pransky has an expression, something like you can have your experience without your experience having you. Hmm. And I think that describes it really well it's It's almost like you're you're sitting back watching, oh, look what's going on today and there's a lightness around that it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel so heavy it 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 doesn't feel so personal it's just happening and and I it's you know, I've heard people refer to it as like that ticker tape at the bottom of the news is kind of going on, but you you just don't have to take any notice of it. And sometimes you will, and that's okay too. And it just became it just became really okay no matter what was going on. You know, that and I'm so less limited by it because that hope of knowing you're just one thought away from feeling differently, yeah. You know, in the past, I would have thought, "Oh, I'm feeling really anxious today," or "I'm, I'm really teary today." I, I'll stay home. I won't go to exercise class. Well, I can, you know, have times where, for some reason, I might be bawling my eyes out, and it's like, well, I'm still going to go to exercise class because I might feel completely different by the time I get there. And now, that's not to say that. I don't ever decide not to do things. Occasionally, I will because, yeah, I just know that I don't want to today or whatever. But I'm much less inclined to be ruled by the thoughts that's going that are going on, and also how my body feels. Uh, that as that's another piece that I think I've seen is that just like. I don't have to believe my thoughts and certainly don't have to act on them. I don't have to believe my body all the time either. Yeah, you know, if I'm sort of dragging my feet around and, and feeling like I have no energy, I think that can also be a sign that I've got a lot of thinking going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I've seen that the energy kind of doesn't come until I get going. Um, yeah, I, I joke about energy Motivation, you know, energy comes before motivation. Um, was it that other way? <laughs> I'm confusing myself. <laughs> no, action comes before motivation. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. And, yeah, if I can just get myself moving, I'll be fine. And, and it's amazing. Yeah, and I'll purposely set about, yeah, I'll run up and down the stairs a couple of times when I've got no energy. And that pretty quickly shifts my energy.
0: I love that because what, is, what are we kind of conditioned to do? The complete opposite, you know? Oh, I have no energy. It, it, it's a stable thing. Not that we think we're never going to get our energy back, but, you know, it's like we need to act in accordance with that. But I love what you're saying is really acknowledging on some level, consciously or not, you're seeing. Wow, well, none of this is stable. None of this is set in stone the thoughts, the feelings, energy, right? Like none of it's, none of it's just there. It's all in flux and I can play and do things and see what happens from that.
1: Yeah. I I was so lucky because I saw it really deeply after Melissa had her head injury because I suddenly had an extra four hours work a day, you know, feeding, mucking out the horses and trying to do work with them. And, and at the time, I'd be, I was so down. I'd, yeah, you know, I'd often be going around. It was like wading through mud. And, you know, because I'd had so much thinking, oh, I'm old. Yeah, you know, this is hard work. I shouldn't have to be doing this. This is Melissa's job. When's she going to be okay to do this again? And, yeah. and, and I was so caught up. And then one day, my son happened to arrive unexpectedly. And I just wanted to visit with him. Well, I got out there and did did what needed doing with no thinking on my mind because I just wanted to get back to visit with my son. And when I looked at the time, it had taken me a third less time than it normally would take. Wow. And it was easy and effortless. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe it. And it's like, oh, my God. And, And I just started to play with that as well, you know, play with, you know, I think before that I used to get it up and up, It was almost like I would check in with my body. Oh, how do I feel today? Mm-hmm. And if I didn't immediately feel full of energy, oh, it's one of those days. Whereas I just don't do that anymore because it's of no value to me. I'm not going to – I always feel like there's more in the tank than I think there is, and, and I can rely on that. I can trust on that. Now is, does that mean I don't ever have a day blobbing out watching TV? No. I occasionally do. Yeah. But yeah. it's not the norm. Yeah, you know, a long way from being the norm.
0: Yeah. That just that phrase there's more in the tank than you think there is. It's very yeah. very accurate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love that that space that kind of it, it's like a I don't know, like a capacity for for a lot of stuff to be there at once is sort of one way I think of it sometimes, where before, sometimes, like we were, you were describing, you know, your mother had died, your father was sick, your Melissa had her head injury. It was like you you were just nose pressed up against all this stuff in the world. and and it just looked nothing but bad. And there was kind of not a lot of room for other stuff to show up through which is just a place we get, I think, when we're very much in our heads and life looks horrible. It's like, no, this is a solid real thing that happened. And there's, you don't have joy when your father's sick or something like that. And so we get very like, kind of one-dimensional with our experience. But then what you're describing is like this expansion where you can still feel really hard stuff and still have suicide thoughts and all of that. But but there's other stuff there at the same time, like your resilience and your health and your, you know, new ideas. Absolutely, and I think, yeah, there's a certain amount of societal
1: conditioning around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're taught that it. Yeah, you know, what, what are all those things that you fill out the questionnaires? You know, if you have more than this many incidents within this space of time, you're going to more likely to suffer depression. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, the fact that we expect that we get that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, where we're pointing to is a completely different thing that you can actually have all this awful stuff going on and be completely okay.
0: Yeah. So when you get really caught up nowadays, does your mind still talk about suicide at all?
1: No, it really doesn't. Not since I saw that, you know, illusion of control and the temper tantrum that, yeah, now I'm more. Well, I guess. No, I. I mean, I might. I think to start with it did, but honestly, I don't recall the last time I had a suicidal thought. And there's been a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it just. No, I just don't think it really occurs to me anymore. Or well, if it does, it's so fleeting that I might notice it, but it. It's. It's like the milk. Yeah, I forgot to buy the milk.
0: <laughs> like you said earlier, you're not resisting it and afraid of it. It looks different, so it kind of you know it might even be there and you might not even notice it, <laughs> or which is kind of crazy to think of, but it really does work that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I yeah I, I was like I I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, that's a great answer. <laughs> it's a great answer. Oh, I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Judy. I think this is going to be so helpful for people. There's so much fear. We just had a conversation in Little School of Big Change last week about a couple people having the thought, um, "What's the point?" And I think now with everybody's life and you know so different and stuff, it's. It, it's like people are thinking, what's the point? And it wasn't that they were thinking, what's the point? It's that they were really freaked out, understandably, by the fact that they were thinking, what's the point? So, yeah. I, you know, and that's what I really hear in what you're sharing and just think this is going to be so helpful for so many people to see, yes, our minds creative and strategic and trying to help us, but but we can have a different understanding of those thoughts and it makes it so much different. Yeah. Oh it's, it's it's a game changer, and
1: yeah, my life is so different than it used to be, yeah. and yeah, I just find you know I laugh so much more, you, know, whereas I was always so serious and trying so hard and and just really suffering a lot of the time inside, even if it wasn't visible on the outside, you know, it seemed like I was had success, I had a nice house, and you know the the trappings of success, etc. But I was just really unhappy a lot of the time. And that led to me behaving quite badly at times. You know, i irritable and it's not a nice way to be.
0: Oh, I can see the difference in you for sure. And yeah, it's beautiful. I'm so, so grateful for all that you've seen and just the change you've had and um Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing it with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you
0: for having me. The Little School of Big Change six-week course begins September 28th. Every time I run this six-week course, it's absolutely amazing. Every time seems better than the last. It blows me away. But I really feel like this time, this September 28th, 2020, is going to be extra special given all the change that everyone in the world, literally the whole world is going through right now. We're all navigating huge change and there's no better, easier, more natural way to do that than to see that who we are is designed to change. It's only our mind and believing our mind that we have a hard time with all of this. So you were built for this. You were built for change And you really can start to live into that more and more. So whether you've turned to old habits and coping mechanisms during this time or the uncertainty is getting to you or health anxiety or the social isolation piece, whatever it is, there's no better time to consider spending this time with us in this amazing, incredible, loving community that can help you see a much better way. If you pre-enroll in the Little School of Big Change before the September course begins, you're guaranteed a seat, which is important. And you also save $49. So please go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to check it out and let me know if you have any questions. I would love, love to have you in this very special September class.